eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Hello, everyone, and welcome into the Go 24-7 live show here on a Sunday night. Bryce Kuhn, your host. I got my man Ralph Leary. You folks don't know him, but he's producing in the background as we talk about a game that was, wow, forgettable if you're an LSU fan. Very, very forgettable on one side of the ball. And on the other side of the ball, it's one of those that you obviously want to feel better about uh, in the sense of this offense is elite, and we're going to talk about that. This is one of the best offenses in the country. The bad news is this is one of the worst defenses statistically, analytically in the country. We're going to talk about that and more. Make sure to hit that like button, whether you're watching over on our Facebook page, whether you're watching on YouTube or on Twitter as well. If you want to get your comments in, make sure to head over to our YouTube or our Facebook. That's Go 24-7. My name is Bryce Kuhn. Let's lock and let's load. Here we go. We're going to roll, and we're going to get to some of your comments uh, here in a little bit. Let's get with the first order of business here, folks. LSU's offense is unreal, but this is the kicker, and this is the problem with this team. This offense, and we've got some good stats on this. Uh, Jaden Daniels, 27 of 36, 414 yards. We all know that. Uh, Logan Diggs, over 100 yards on the ground, average 5.3 per carry. Uh, Jaden Daniels, just a tad shy, literally one yard shy of uh, 100 yards on the ground. Brian Thomas, is making himself some money on that offensive side of the football. Malik Neighbors, uh, eight catches, 102 yards, no touchdowns. Thomas had three. Kyron Lacey had a touchdown. Uh, obviously, Chris Hilton with that big catch at the end uh, for the 42 yards to get them into position. All of those great things. I'm going to read you these stats. 637 total yards, 414 through the air, 223 on the ground. Just six penalties for the Tigers, six of 35, 33 first downs. You went five of nine on third downs. Uh, you ran 75 plays. You averaged eight and a half yards per play. You had an average yards per completion at 15.3. You averaged six yards a rush. You were five of five in the red zone. You just had one turnover. 
You didn't allow any sacks. That's what it says. Or I'm sorry, it, it does say that. You, you allowed three sacks, apologies on that. Um, and you allowed four tackles for loss. That being said, folks, I just read that to you. If for some reason you've been living under a rock, you said, man, LSU is sitting pretty. Kings of the SEC West. This is the kicker, folks. LSU's offense is unreal. This is a legitimate focus uh, that I want to take in this tonight's show. We're going to get to the bad. This is the good. That being said, I don't want to hear anyone sit here and say that anything this LSU offense did or nitpick anything or get mad about it. Because when truth is we're talking about this, the truth of the matter is we should not even be considering anything that this offense did in, in a bad way. 95% of the job done in this game was done by the offense. The defense couldn't even pick up 5%. That, that's how bad this was. Offensively, you did everything you can. You played a near-perfect football game, ladies and gentlemen, offensively. You could not have asked Jay Daniels to do more. The guy had nine incompletions, and you sat there and you said to yourself, there's probably one, two, three, four drops. Five incompletions on a game where he had to consistently roll out fire the ball downfield, and it felt like you were playing NCAA or Madden running four verts and just letting guys run free. That being said, Ole Miss's defense isn't great, but Jaden Daniels played a heck of a football game. Absolutely no slander coming his way. Brian Thomas is more than just number two option. Three touchdowns, 123 four yards, made some spectacular catches. Yards after the catch was very, very nice as well. Neighbors, 44 yards after the catch. Thomas with 11. Ten targets for Thomas, eight targets for Neighbors. That being said, this offense is elite. This is one of the best offenses in the country. Uh, Ralph's in the background there with stats and in info as well. You know, I, I don't know, and we don't have this right off the top of the head. I don't know what the record, the school record for what they've been able to do is. This is this has got to be up there. Offensive output. We haven't really seen a performance like this since Joe Burrow was donning the purple and gold, and they were able to do some damage. Maybe that Oklahoma Sugar Bowl game, or the Oklahoma Peach Bowl game. I don't, I don't, I don't quite remember. That being said. You couldn't have asked for anything else offensively. Another little stat here I wanted to get for you all on this. Big plays. Now we're going to talk about that. LSU's passing game had big plays, which is a gain of 15 more yards. That's what Stats is going to kind of uh, talk about that. They had 11 of them. 11 plays of 15 more yards through the air. What do they have on the ground? Let's go to that as well. Eight plays of 10 yards or more in that category. Guys, this offense is absolutely elite. But here's the big but. Ralph, let's roll to the next one here. This defense is putrid. This defense is bad. And I, I want to say this about the defense for LSU. Coming into the season, we all knew, fans, media alike, that we were going to have to see LSU hit on several of the transfers. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, I, I, I do not think that we can say LSU has hit on any of these transfers in the secondary. Now, obviously, you can't lump J.K. Johnson, the transfer from Ohio State, in that. He broke his leg during fall camp, hasn't been able to play. It is what it is. Denver Harris, while he might be a playmaker one day, he's not right now. He is not – I think we said he is not capable right now of being an SEC-level starter. He just isn't. He, whether it's a mental thing, whether it is a – uh, ability thing. I don't know what it is. The secondary is putrid. Horrible routes. Horrible angles. Angles. I was rewatching the game today. The angles that these guys are taking on to get tackles. Now, listen. I'm not sitting here going to be saying that there is anything that I could do better. Anybody in the comments could do better. 
what I am saying in this is that this team has got to figure out what they're going to do on the back end. You're playing zone, and you really just don't have an idea. And, and I chalked it up this. There's one or two things that are happening with this defense right now. You either don't know your job, which is a problem on the coaching level, which is a problem on the player level, everything like that, or you're just not good enough. And, I, you know, from a coaching perspective, I think that this is an entire defensive staff to blame. Obviously, there's, we have already got a lot of comments about Matt House and what he, you know, brings to the table. But that being said, I, I have never seen a defensive effort that is as bad as what we have seen. Just, I, I've just never seen that. It's, it's just poor. Uh, the secondary. I mean, Andre Sam missed, and, and I don't want to single any one person out because it's just on everybody. It is. I mean, it's just there is there is little to no bright spots. Uh, Whit Weeks barely plays in the first half. We see him more in the second half. Number forty should not leave the field unless he has is hitting his helmet and dragging himself to the sideline. He he just should not. He understands how to tackle. He understands how to. Uh, you know, he he understands how to play the game and understands what to do. Hats off to him. But in this, I, I've never seen anything like it. I think that the linebacker position is something that you're a little bit devoid of discipline, speed, and just all-around talent. The defensive line, which was supposed to be a strength in this game, didn't generate a pass rush. Look, there's been a ton of talk, and I've seen in the comments already, and we're going to get to some of those. So keep filing those in. We're going to take a look at those towards the end of the show. But defensively up front, ladies and gentlemen, you got Makai Wingo. You got Mason Smith. You got Harold Perkins. You got Savion Jones. You have Ovia Gofu. You got Deshaun Womack. Where was Womack in this game? They're just non-existent. And for as high, I don't want to say high price. That's not the correct word. As as much as we pumped this group up, as much as we we said that they, you know, I, I personally thought that Wingo and Smith could be the best defensive line interior duo in, in the country in the SEC this season. It has not panned out. Now, I do want to give Mason Smith a pass. We look, you cannot project how a guy's going to return from an ACL injury. You just can't. You don't know how his body's going to respond. You don't know how mentally he's going to be able to respond to these things. That being said, Harold Perkins ha hasn't really done a ton in, in this game, in, in this season. He he really hasn't popped off. He, and I don't know if it's a scheme thing. And that's that's where you just kind of sit here. And we want to hear from you on this. Genuinely don't know like what where you go to fix this. Because I don't know if it's a scheme thing. Now, here's another stat. Let's get into this. Kind of the advanced stats of this game. Mind-boggling. I have never seen anything like this. And I just want to let you know, I have covered some absolutely bad football, folks. You see that helmet right up there if you're listening to the podcast? This is a team that won nine games in nearly three years, and your defense is just as bad as they are, and they lost to Bowling Green this week. So that being said, third down conversions. Once again, like we talked about, LSU was 5 of 9, respectable 55%. Uh, Ole Miss, I said this stat earlier in the week. If... Ole Miss hits 44% or more on their third downs. They are 13-1 in the last 14 games coming into this matchup. They hit 56, but wait, we don't stop there. The average third down distance to go in this game for Ole Miss, the average was third and seven. That quantifies as a third and long. You're kind of out of that medium range. Now, you could say that is it's 7.7, .7, so I'm rounding up to eight. To me, I kind of sit in this realm of 
anywhere from third and inches to I'll give you third and like three and a half or four is going to be third and short for me. From third, four and a half to about third and seven, third and six, that's third and medium. Anything beyond that, that should be an advantage for the defense. And guess what? It's not. Third and longs on on plays, which is this, they quantify this as nine plus. LSU forced Ole Miss into third long situations seven times in this game. Ole Miss, due to bad scheme, terrible angles, and just overall poor tackling and poor play, was four of seven. They capitalized on those multiple times in key situations. Your defense cannot get off the field. It's a problem against whoever you play. Going back to this, the average, the at, listen, I just cannot believe this. The average yards gained per third down attempt. Here's another kicker for you 11 yards for Ole Miss. That's nuts. That's absolutely nuts. That's completely unacceptable. And I think that it's, you know, uh, it's crazy. Got a stat right here. Great job from uh, Stats and Info right there behind us. 2019 LSU versus Ole Miss. LSU put up 714 total yards. They allowed 614, and they won that game 58-37. to Folks, they allowed in this game, I'm from the state of Georgia, if you can't tell, they allowed my area code, 706. So now you know the first three digits of my phone number. That's what you know. That's what they allowed. I, I look, I, I'm telling you, I've never seen anything like this a- absolutely in my life. It, it is, it's near, it's it's just mind boggling to see a defense like this. And look, LSU, the moniker of DBU has to go away because it's, this is not that anymore. This is not, you don't have the players. You don't have the guys to play. And we talk, we'll talk about this. You don't have the guys to play press man. You don't. I mean, if they this is my thought. If you did, you would have changed that already because you've been playing a ton of zone, soft zone. They're, you know, this is just a soft defense. I think it's just an absolutely charming soft defense in what they're rolling out there. You're playing so far off because you know you're going to get beat because you don't you don't have the athletes athletes to physically play against. Look, I mean, Ole Miss has got good receivers. We knew that coming in. I, I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't want to take away from what Ole Miss is able to do. Lane Kiffin scripted this game, and this is what Lane Kiffin does. Lane Kiffin is going to script the early portions of the game and make adjustments on the fly. That's what he does. That's what he's really, really good at. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24/7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at 
at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash odyssey podcast. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. LSU never made an adjustment. And look, DBU's gone. You really don't have an impact player and linebacker other than a true freshman, an 18-year-old who's been on campus for less than a year. Kudos to him. That's not good for your program. Your defensive line that you thought you had a lot of great depth at, to me, you just don't have great depth because in the sense of you don't have guys that are impact players. There's nobody on this defense as outside of Whit Weeks over the past couple of seasons that has shown the ability to make big-time plays. Now, I want to go back into some of the specifics of this. Yes, Ryan Yates had a great bat down of Jackson Dart's pass on fourth down. The game should have been over there. Let's talk about that for a second. Jackson Dart, Lane Kiffin, midfield. It's 49-40 to 40 in this ballgame. Two-score football game. I believe under about six or seven minutes left in the football game. This is the game. You know, because Lane Kiffin knows he's not stopping LSU's offensively. So you go for it. Ryan Yates makes a fantastic play. Hats off to the kid. Does a great job. Makes a great play on that. And you can't move the ball. But this defense, it's time to rip off the Band-Aid. It's not good. It's not even average. Analytically, it's one of the worst defenses in the country when you look at what they're unable to do. It is a group that you have to have very real concerns going through the rest of the schedule where, personally for me, next week, yeah, Missouri's 5-0, and but it's Missouri, and there's the LSU brand, right? Well, like Brian Kelly said, there's, there's no semblance of living up to the LSU standard. They haven't done that yet. And I think that there is a real problem in the sense of we're starting to see these trends early on develop into storylines. Your secondary is not good. You didn't hit on any of the guys in the portal. Maybe they're going to take a turn. Ladies and gentlemen, I, I, I don't know what else you do. Brian Kelly said that. Brian Kelly looked like a man defeated, a straight-up man defeated in that press conference. He knows there's no – he said this. There's nobody else walking through that door. When a coach says there's nobody else through walking through that door, it's usually one of two things. It's to motivate or it's just the God-given truth that they don't have the players. And while I think that this coaching staff is going to try to motivate, I think it's also true they just don't have the guys. They don't have the Jimmys and Joes to be able to line up with the SEC's best and play with them. That's why I saw the comment earlier, you know, this is not DBU anymore. You know, the guy, you know, I don't even remember what the last one was at this point. Maybe Derek Stingley. You could say, you know, a couple of years ago, obviously in that 2019 season, 2020, 2019 season. That being said, you know, it's just nuts to me. I, I, you can't even fathom, like you couldn't even make up how bad this defense has played this year. And it's a real problem. And it's going to be something that continues. I mentioned Missouri next weekend. They've got a guy that is legitimately going to potentially be an all American candidate wide receiver. And there's not one person on that field that I have faith that you could put to guard him. So what do you do? You play zone against him, you bracket him, 
well, here's the problem. You all can do it. You go back and watch the game. Awful angles, the inability to just straight up tackle and play football. And I think that I think that in all of this that we're talking about, the problem is there's nothing else coming behind this. This is it. The door is closed. You can't walk back into fall camp. You can't walk back into the spring and the summer and go grab somebody out of the portal. This is it. The guys in that locker room, that's who that's who you're with for better or for worse. So I just sit here and I I wonder, I don't know where you go from here defensively because you're going to play Missouri. You know, Brady Cook has been a nice weapon for them. We're going to talk about that later on in the week. Uh, Brady Brady Cook, I don't think that he's necessarily a flashy quarterback. He's not, you know, um, you know, he's not necessarily – I just read that comment. If, if you if you think that Walker Howard was on the sideline stealing play signals, did did the stealing play signals lead to certain defensive backs just straight up whiffing on tackles, to nickel corners getting sucked in on the run play, to linebackers not being able to properly fill gaps? I mean, that's 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 asinine. That's asinine if you believe that. But that's you. It's your opinion. It's just not. It's just wrong. I'll tell you that. It's your opinion, but you're wrong. Uh, that being said, I don't know where you go from here. I don't as LSU can you know navigates through this schedule. What's the deal with the defense? To me, and I would love to hear your thoughts on it. I mean, I am no defensive analyst at any Division One school. I think that you're going if if what Brian Kelly said the other day was true, and it's a guy like Denver Harris. When you play, when you have elite guys in high school, they're typically used to playing press man. That that for me. So that so when you have guys, they that are that that's their that's what they do. They're really good at it. And as you teach them zone, which obviously this group is unable to capture, and and, and whether it's communication, like God knows what it is. Only the man himself upstairs knows why they can't figure it out. That being said, when you're trying to figure this out, I think that you kind of go got to go back to what Bo Pelini did in 2020, and those were horrible, horrible defenses in 2020. But I think you got to kind of go back to them because what did they do? They ran press man and they just brought the house. They just put so much pressure that you just begged and hoped that people got home. So you know you got guy you have guys like Deshaun Womack who needs to play more. You have guys like Whit Weeks that needs to play more. You've got guys like Harold Perkins. Let those guys get after the quarterback because if you don't, you're just you're going to have to get creative up front. You, you can't just sit back and play this soft offense that, or this soft defense that plays, you know, zone coverage and is allowing guys because you can't tackle. So you can't play zone coverage when you can't tackle. Like that's just basic fundamental football. That's another thing right here. And I know we're kind of going all over the place, but we're going to get to some of your comments here in just a second. We got one more segment and then we'll roll with your with your comments and questions and I'll read them and we'll go there. Ask questions. Once again, Bryce Goon, go 24-7 uh, on the uh, the LSU coverage over at 24-7 Sports. We were talking about this defense and the inability to tackle. And I think the most concerning thing for me, if I'm a fan watching this or in my, in my shoes as a media member, This whole past week was preached upon that you were getting back to the basics. You were going to dumb everything down 
so that you could play fundamental football. You could let these guys play see ball, get ball. And that's what happened. That's why, you know, the comments post game from Kelly, I think that if he hears them again, he, he might change it. We'll find out tomorrow. But the idea that your players were in the right positioning and just didn't execute, yeah, that happened. But a lot of times they weren't. And that's just – that's why I say this is an organizational failure. This is not – we're not going to pin it on Andre Sam. We're not going to pin it on Deuce Chestnut, who didn't play. We're not going to pin it on several folks. This is an organizational failure from top to bottom. You go back and look when Brian Kelly – I mean, if we just want to talk about this for a second, you go back and look at when Brian Kelly brought in his staff and one of the two pieces, the two spots where you could say we're a downgrade, definitely right off the bat. Special teams, they brought in Polian, and obviously LSU had a special teams historian. They didn't retain Corey Raymond. Corey Raymond's down at Florida. Corey Raymond helped develop DBU, brought in so many of those guys. It hasn't worked out. It hasn't worked out. Coaches make mistakes. Coaches fail sometimes. This is an organizational failure. This is what this defense is. It's putrid. It's not going to – I can't tell you, in all honesty, with with certainty, outside of Army, because they're not going to throw the ball. I can't tell you that you're not going that – you, that you're 110% don't have to get into a shootout. And – Ralph, I believe, and what if I say Ralph? Ralph's the producer in the background doing a fantastic job. Let's get to where does LSU go from here. Let, let's do this, and then we're going to get to some of your questions. The question being where does LSU go from here, th- this, is, th- this is where it is for me. The immense amount of pressure that is on this offense, it's ridiculous. The offense cannot make a mistake. Folks, they – they can't blink. We were joking in the press box up in Oxford. The first offense that blinked was going to lose the game. That's what happened. And LSU blinked several times. But now, because the offense couldn't do something on one of the 17 drives, they scored 15 out of the 17 drives they had, it felt like. Because they couldn't do that, you lost the football game. This is not on the offense. If you say it's on the offense, I don't know what football game you watched, and you just have some narrative, some prerogative that you just want to just you know take a dump on this offense over and over again. Like that, that's just, that's you. That's cool. You do you. You're wrong. That's fine what it is. This defense is awful and they've got to figure out a way to fix it. So where do you go from here? You play Missouri this weekend. They've got Luther Burden, potential All-American candidate. He's going to be unbelievable. I don't know how you guard. I don't know how you guard him. I mean, I don't know what you do. Unless you channel your inner uh, New Orleans Saints with a bounty gate, I have no clue what you're going to do. Not not encouraging it. I'm just saying I have no idea what's going to happen. I don't know what you do. It's absolutely, it's a futile attempt right now to guard anybody. That's that that that's my thing. Let's get to a couple of the comments here. Once again, over 100 viewers. Uh, we got a lot of folks on Twitter as well. We can't see your viewership. If you are wanting to comment, get a question in. Make sure you do that. Ralph, let's go ahead and run into kind of final thoughts. Uh, well, let's get these questions. Matt House has to go. Uh, appreciate you, Jared, for tuning in. Make sure you subscribe. Follow the Facebook page. Subscribe to the YouTube channel to keep those numbers climbing. Jared, I, I agree with you here. I mean, I think that in some sense something has to change. Now there has to be changes because. This is ridiculous. Well, I'm going to look more into the numbers this week, but this is absolutely just watching the game. It's uh, it's it's absolutely wild. 
That being said, appreciate that. Worst defense since 2013. Would love to go back and look at the numbers of that, Jerry. Appreciate you. Uh, appreciate you doing that. Maurice, appreciate you tuning in. Most yards given up by LSU in a game in history. House needs to go to immediately. Changes need to be made. Changes need to be made. Genzel, I don't think Matt House the problem. It's the players that transfer in. They transferred in for a reason. They wasn't they wasn't good enough to play at their current school. Why are they good enough to play at LSU? Makes no sense, but definitely something to think about. Uh, I, I, I want to answer this question, Genzel. We do have to remember that players are in the portal for a reason. Always, there's a reason they're in the transfer portal. Very rarely is it that they are moving a step up. You see the guys that do that that move a step up. This is also coaching. If there's no way that you can sit here and tell me that every single guy that's brought in doesn't understand how to play zone and, and, and can't communicate. If that's happened, then guess what? That's still on the coaching staff for bringing them in, not being able to see that and evaluate that. So it it's an organizational failure, top to bottom, from everyone from the equipment manager to the towel boy to Brian Kelly himself. This is an organizational failure. In this game, and you got exposed against an offense that is really dang good. And look, I get it that LSU thinks you have this prerogative that you're better than Ole Miss. They just they they whooped you up and down the field and barely broke a sweat. That's I mean that's that's kind of how I feel. Let's get to the next comment. Appreciate the comments and questions. Scared to tackle. Daryl was watching the game uh, right before we kind of hopped on, re-watching that game. The, the hesitation defensively burns me up. Now, look, I was talking with a, good, with, with a good friend of mine. We were talking before this. It burns me up to see these guys playing almost a yard and a half off the football because you, it, it, to me it screams being passive. Screams being passive. And I think that this is that entire defense's mindset. You don't have – you just don't have a dog. If you had 11 guys with the mentality of a Whit Weeks right now, who Whit Weeks, I mean, let's just give the kid some praise real quick. He doesn't even know what he doesn't know. This kid was playing high school football in Watkinsville, Georgia last year. He doesn't know what he doesn't know. He's just having fun. He's playing like his hair's on fire. If you had 11 of those, I would, this is the problem. We would all feel much better, cozy. We'd be able to cover up at night. If we could sit here and say, that this defense, man, they're given, you know, you just got beat by a better team, you know, or or the team in general. Man, Ole Miss just better than this year. 49 points. You put up 49 points. I'm not a, you know, I, I'm not necessarily a betting man in the sense. What I will tell you, though, is if you go back and look at the last 100 games where one team scored 49 points, I guarantee you they won it at least 90% of the time. And, and dare I say maybe 95%, close to 100. You just don't lose football games like this. You can't lose football games like this. You you are wasting a historical offense. Not 2019. They don't have the dudes. They don't have the guys. Historical performances offensively you are wasting because your defense can't tackle. Your defense can't read coverage. Your defense can't can't react well enough. They're playing – this is something great someone said. They are playing reactionary football. They are not initiating contact. They are waiting for something bad to happen, organizational failure. Let's keep rolling through the comments here. Appreciate you all so much for tuning in. A couple more minutes here. Uh, Peter, appreciate you turning over. 
Uh, I'm sorry, but Mason Smith is not playing as advertised. Um, we talked about earlier. I'm going to give him a pass in the sense I don't think that May- I think Mason Smith. Mason Smith's a guy that really was a dominant player up until he had his injury, and I think he's still trying to work himself back. I, I, you can't just, like we said, we can't pin this on one player. This is for all eleven. Every single guy that is on that de- two deep depth chart, it's a, it, it's on them. It's on them. It's on the staff. It's on the you know position coaches, the defensive staff. It's it's on all of them. Let's keep rolling. We'll have more comments. Felix, appreciate you, Felix. Secondary did not understand their reads and their job in the depth of zone. I, I, Felix, I, once again, I'm not claiming to be some defensive guru. What I am claiming to say here and what I am saying is that I don't – what else can it What else can it be? What else, is, what else can it be? I don't know. You're right. You're right. Let's keep rolling through here. The comments, Ralph. We'll just kind of cycle through these. Uh, targeting on the pod. Why is Brian Kelly so stubborn? Why can't Brian Kelly admit that Matt House coached a horrible game? Preparation score was an F minus. Uh, he's. W- w- they're not going to throw someone under the bus. I mean, that's just plain and simple. They're not going to throw someone under the bus in a public sphere. That stuff's going to be taken, I'm sure, behind closed doors, or at least you would be. You would hope it would be. Let's keep rolling here. Uh, D-line got killed all night. Yeah, blown off the ball. Wasn't able to set an edge. Felix was really disappointed in that. You know, the inability to set an edge hurt especially a guy like Judkins that you knew. I had the feeling that Judkins was going to go off. And everyone knew this kid's too talented to be this quiet for this long. I mean, look, at, at some point, got him right there, got him right got him right there, and got him over here. The two teams right here, folks, I got to get it on my screen here. If you're on the podcast listening, the two teams almost played better defense. FCS Mercer, Georgia Tech. Uh, so there, there's that. There's that. Let's roll. Keep rolling here through the comments, Ralph. We'll get through these and get out of here. Put in Womack, take out Smith, put Perkins back in pass rush. Yeah, Jared. I mean, I, that could definitely be uh, a recipe for success. I mean, I think you, I think you have to roll out every stop. The idea that you've, you've already shown all your cards defensively is scary because this group's just not good enough. Not good enough. Uh, we'll keep rolling here. Robert, appreciate you for tuning in tonight. Harold Perkins not being utilized in the defensive scheme like he was last year. He's confused about what the coaches wanted to do. Coach need to get need to get their act together. They stink this year. Ralph, we'll just keep, yeah, just keep cycling through these comments. As soon as I read them, we'll keep. Kelly complained about the guys not being able to sub correctly. How do they not go and prepare to sub in versus no huddle offense? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I, hey, look, it's always going to be something that's a problem. I don't think until you've had guys that have actually played against it that you can truly be prepared for what Ole Miss is going to do. Because I said this, if Ole Miss is converting, it's hard to stop. This ain't Notre Dame. Mediocrity will not last. Agreed. This is not even mediocrity. This is – I want people to understand, coming into this game, it wasn't like LSU was a mediocre defense. They're bad. And they're even worse now. Like, they're bad. And I think that's what's scary is coming to the season – and, and through the first four weeks, we knew there wasn't going to be a strength. I don't know if we ever expected to see what happened on Saturday. I don't know. I, I have no idea. Couldn't believe it, but what really got me the most is it was Mississippi fans throwing trash on the field. I'm from L.A., and we don't do that kind of crap. Okay. Um, yeah, we'll keep rolling. Uh, Ram, what do you think of the play calling and defensive tackling? If you mean play calling offensively, like I think that if you're questioning Mike Denbrock in this game, you need to go rewatch the game. And you just need to look at a box score and understand this team put up 49 points and 670-something yards or 600 and however many yards of offense. It's not the offense's fault. Like, it's not. And if you're trying to nitpick and you're trying to highlight Caleb Jackson drop pass, Chris Hilton, we should have never been in that situation. You put up 49 points. It doesn't matter. And all of this, folks, I said it earlier, all of this would have been negated if you just played competent 
average defense, mediocre defense, and you win the game by three touchdowns. Like, you really might have. You really might have, but you didn't. You didn't. Keep rolling here. We'll go through these. White Tate Weeks, 21 plays to get into the game. You know, um, and if you made defensive play calling, please let me know. I, I want to I make sure that I get that right. White Tate Weeks, 21 plays to get into the game. Uh, Brian Kelly said that they wanted to keep them fresh. And that's what Brian Kelly said. Keep rolling. Over 100 people. Why did Deuce Chest not travel with the team? Uh, no clue. Not 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 clue, and we'll see if that's something that they absolutely uh, figure out. Watch takes in and play defense. They have a real defensive coordinator, unfortunately. Yeah, they play aggressive. They play aggressive. I think that that's that's got to be the recipe going forward. Uh, and Ram, I see defensive play calling. Yes, we'll get to that. Ralph Star that one, and we'll we'll round out with that question right there at the end, and I'll answer that. Um, you score four nine points, lose the promise defense, not the offense. Yeah, Daryl, I don't think. I mean, if anyone's saying it's the offense, then they have an agenda. They've got what they want to try to prove. Completely agree. Uh, keep it rolling here. As we go, defensive play calling from Ram. This will be the last question for the night as we kind of roll out. Once again, appreciate everyone tuning in. The defensive play calling, I they've I just don't think they even know what to do at this point. I I think that inside the building they completely understand that the defense. I mean, there's just no way to say it. Like we're not trying to just trash on character. We're not trying to trash on this. Just not good. And it's not someone inferring. It's not somebody that is sitting here saying and trying to poke the bear from over here. The results that you, this is a result based industry. It is. We can talk about processes. I said that a couple weeks ago, but that was before this. And unfortunately, I, I don't, Ram. I, I don't know what they do. I, I genuinely, genuinely, genuinely don't know what to do. I, I don't. I don't. I don't even think they know what to do. I mean, you could suggest a lot of things: play press man, play man coverage, and you know, just try to bring the house, create so much chaos that they can't do that. I mean, that's what some teams have tried to do. Um, I just I think that you've exhausted the option of playing a you know a soft zone and allowing guys to run all over you because you can't tackle, you can't tackle, you can't play the fundamentals of football. So it's just it's 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 crazy. Um, let's go real quick. Final thoughts. Uh, I see one more question here. I see one more question. I, I want to get you know. Once again, I'm not even going to entertain the thought that the offense did anything wrong in this. Like, we're not trying to give them a pass. Were they perfect? Yeah, they're about 95, 97, 98% perfect. Like, you couldn't, uh, you you couldn't, you really couldn't do anything more. And I think that's what's so, so depressing in this sense. But hey, look, appreciate everyone for tuning in. This is going to be a weekly live show every single Sunday night that we continue to talk about this. Obviously, we hope we have better things to talk about. My name is Bryce Kuhn. Follow me at Twitter right there at Bryce underscore Kuhn. The Go 24-7 podcast. You can find us whether you're listening um, afterwards, whether it's on Apple Podcasts, whether it's on Spotify, or whether you're on Facebook and you're watching YouTube, Twitter. Once again, if you want those comments, you got to head over to the Facebook and YouTube. Get us a subscription. We're continuing to climb that number as well. We're going to keep it real. Uh, look, there's no sugarcoating that this was a bit disappointing, and I and I truly believe one of the worst losses in recent memory. The, just the way you lost this game, you 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 can't lose this game. You can't. I'm going to say it. It's going to tow the company line. You can't pay a guy ten million dollars a year and lose a game like this. You just can't. It's unacceptable. It's an unacceptable loss. Unacceptable loss, especially what your offense did. And we'll see what what you go from here. Very good. Very interested to see what happens. So once again, shout out to Ralph did a fantastic job in his debut here on uh, the 24 seven uh, YouTube channel. Uh, we appreciate it. Go 24 seven. My name is Bryce Kuhn. We will catch you next time here on the go 24 seven podcast. Thanks so much for tuning in. We'll see you next time. 
Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 